I'll be back with another full 15 minutes of all the late news at 11 o'clock. Coming up, Gene Shepard. George, I'm going to make it stick. Trick or treat. Either you come across or I don't do a show. Trick or treat. Either you come across or I'm going to play excerpts of great John Gambling shows of the past. So you got your choice. Trick or treat. Well, I know. The, 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 the point is... Uh, you better come up with some damn good treat. So I'm just going to sit here and wait for the calls to come in. Anybody got a treat that he wishes to offer or she wishes to offer, preferably? I would be delighted to continue this program. No, bananas will not do it, Dowd. No way. No way. My price is not that cheap. Every man has his price, but mine ain't a banana. Trick or treat. I mean, here you are. You know, I'm in New York. I'll tell you, this: the Halloween in New York is something else again. I down the village about an hour ago, and Halloween is the is the sign for all the drag queens to come out, you know, in the open. And uh, thousands of them were charging down Christopher Street, screaming and whooping and hollering on their way to a Halloween party. <laughs> it's a village, you know, trick-or-treat with their beaded bags. And uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm open. I'm open for any, 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 uh, any kind of a suggestion, uh, but uh, outside of that, uh, the trick or treat, I mean, and the trick I'll do, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll also play you uh, uh, excerpts from Barry Farber's Golden Treasury of Bon Mott's. Or wonderful alliterations that Mr. Farber has pulled off in spite of the fact. But uh, this is a point of our, you know, our, our threat to you, friend. <laughs> and we've got other goodies. <laughs> 
Oh, listen, if I wanted to pull the plug on you guys, if I wanted to hit the chain, I could, you know, I saw a great moment here in the, in the subway this afternoon. Great moment. It's one of those moments I've always been looking forward to seeing. I'm sitting in the subway, and, uh, you know, it's charging up the tracks. It, it was the, in case you're curious what train it was, it was the F train. And uh, as you probably know, uh, one of the chief art forms of New York City these days is the spray paint can. Uh, applied to the side of subways, buses, trucks, buildings, uh, St. Paul's, uh, the uh, <laughs> anything anything that's uh, stationary enough that you can squirt your name on it, right? You, you know the scene. This is here. It's not really graffiti. Something else. Graffiti is a statement of policy, generally, uh, usually in somewhat lurid terms. Uh, the word graffiti is an Italian word. Graffiti. Uh, the word T, T meaning small. Graffiti means little writings. Graffiti. Right? Grafico, grafitanimus, gratifaco, gratifi, gratifici, or graffiti. <laughs> we'll decline anything for you, friend. The rise and fall and decline of the Bronx, if you wish. But the graffiti consists of small writings of statements. Well, uh, I'm sitting in the subway. See, we're rolling uh, uptown in the F train. I'm sitting there. And I have my subway face on, which is to say, totally inscrutable. Sinister face. A face of, of no emotion. You learn when you're riding the subway and you're, you're a veteran. And I think one of the reasons why out-of-towners always get hit in this town is they continue to react to things around them. And so if somebody gives them a hard look, they give them a hard look back. Next thing you know, no spleen. Right? Uh, okay, so uh, a true New Yorker is a man who has learned to mask his emotions far greater than an English diplomat sitting down with uh, Hitler at the Munich. You do not max, you just mask your emotions. You do not show the slightest nuance. And so I'm sitting in the F train there with uh, maybe 15, 20, 30 of my fellow victims riding north. The train is roaring, 4,000 decibels roaring, booming along. We stop at one of the downtown streets, maybe 18th Street, one of those, uh, you know, one of those uh, insignificant little stops. You stop, and in comes a guy in the door, the only guy that gets in the train on the 18th Street in, in, our, in our car. So he walks in. He weighs about 64 pounds. He's about 4 feet 9. He has a little pinched face. You know, the kind of guy that if you, you, you feel it, if you flip your hand, you know, quick, he's going to have problems with his heart. You know, just a sudden movement. And he gets in, and he sits down about four or five uh, feet away from me on the metal seat there. And we continue to rattle north. That's the subway sound. May you please give me a little... Subway sound, right? That's pretty good imitation of it. It's better than Phyllis Diller could do anyway. And we're roaring north when all of a sudden this little guy gets up between 18th Street and 23rd Street. And he reaches into his pocket and he takes out an orange can of spray paint. <laughs> he actually did it on a door. We're all watching him and he just writes, Superman! And he goes shh, 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 on the top. Superman, 137th Street. Shh, 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 shh. 
And he steps out of the car at 23rd Street. The doors close. And he moved on. Superman. Ah, sadness. Ah, tears of the ancient godded idols sitting atop the enormous plants that carry the seeds of the lotus into the very the very breadth and depth of the ancient seas of the past and gone tears. Superman, wherever thou art tonight, plying thy wares, spraying thy paint on the F trains of the universe. We salute thee. We salute Tiki 145. We salute Big Max 106. We salute King K 123. We salute all the poor tiny scurriers. The poor sad scurriers in the vast cosmos of eternal loneliness. <laughs> You know, there's nobody call for an offer here. No good offers, right, Jerry? Okay, you're going to get the treats, friends. You're going to get the treats that you ask for. You're going to get all the treats you ask for, and here the first one comes right in your direction. Ah! To the sun, an epic drama of intrigue and determination as eight different people with one common goal set off an incredible all-or-nothing scheme to realize their dreams of freedom. They take every chance. They risk every danger. They play the deadly game of international intrigue to escape to the sun. A Cinevision release rated PG parental guidance suggested. Oh, wasn't that exciting? Gala premiere tonight at the Criterion Theater. Holy smokes. Continuous performances start tomorrow at the site at the Criterion and the Translux 85th Street Theaters. You think that was scary? You think that was a bad news treat? <laughs> we haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even touched the sinkhole of depravity to which we can sink. Ladies and gentlemen, I am John Gilhooly, chairman of Transport of New Jersey, speaking to you on behalf of all the New Jersey motor bus industry. We urge you to help us provide you with better buses and better bus service. A yes vote on November 7th for the transportation bond issue will mean as many as 1,500 new air-conditioned buses and improved service. So please, yeah. vote yes for the transportation bond issue. The preceding message was paid for by the New Jersey motor bus industry. Well, that's not a paid political announcement, but I'll accept it as that. I mean, <laughs> the motor bus industry, what are they running for? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, friends, do you need a, a pair of dependable winter tires as opposed to those rotten, crummy cardboard tires that you've been using at a good low price? Well, we'd like to suggest you go down to your general tire dealer. You notice how old the agonist I can get, friends. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Call me old. 
new co-margarine here, friends. Winter cleat is General's low-cost answer to your winter traction problems. You go in snow or General pays the dough. Toe, excuse me. <laughs> it's, it kind of fits, you know. Uh, attention, Westchester County motorists. If you want to find out about these fantastic General winter cleats in New Rochelle, see Frank Collins or Bill Boyle at General Tire Service, 214 Main Street. We repeat, attention, Westchester County Motors, says there. And, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll cool it here. You know, speaking of, uh, trick or treat. You know, uh, while on the subject of the, of the trick or treat, did you, uh, I, I guess all of us have done this kind of stuff when we were kids, didn't you? Did you, Bill, ever, when you were a kid? Well, we had one thing that we used to do. And I've never heard anybody talk about doing this kind of thing. You know, they're always supposed to put the bicycle on top of the church and all that jazz, you know, put a horse on top of the fire firehouse and all that stuff. Oh, haven't you heard about that kind of stuff? They never did that in Fairlawn, New Jersey, where you live, Bill, I'm sure. They didn't do anything like that. But uh, what we used to do, <laughs> I don't know why we did it, but uh, our big our big gambit was to sneak up to somebody's house in the dark. You know, it's, it's Halloween night. And we'd sneak up to their house, and you take a pin, an ordinary straight pin, just an ordinary straight pin, and 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 you press the doorbell. This is, this is an evil thing to do, really, in a way. You, you press the doorbell, see, and the, the bell begins to buzz. And at that point, you stick the pin in the crack between the little black button and the doorbell and the brass outside casing of it. So you just stick it in there all the way, and that doorbell ain't going to stop. It just keeps ringing. <laughs> and it rings and it rings and it rings. Now, that's that's kind of an evil thing to do. I don't know why we did it. Just uh, We're drawn to the... You know, evil is a, is a thing that draws man constantly. Another thing we used to do with pins. Pin is a very handy thing. Uh, we used to sneak up to a house, again, with a pin, see? And you tie to a pin. You get these long, straight pins. Long ones. Or even a good, long... Uh, well, actually, the best thing is a long straight pin. Sometimes a needle will work, but it's a long one. You gotta have a fairly long one. And up near the head, you tie a black thread, and you unspool this thread. Uh, you know, you put about fifty feet of this thread out, and then you sneak up to a house and you just put your hand up by the window of, a, of let's say, the dining room window, and you insert the pin into the putty of the window. Just stick it down in so the pin is leaning up against the window. Right near the corner of the window, down the lower corner. Well, you know, nobody, you can't even see this pin from inside the house. It's, uh, it's very thin, and uh, usually there's a light on in the house, and they can't see the pin out there. Well, then you sneak back into the bushes, and then you just start flicking the, uh, the thread, and it just makes a tiny, a continuous tiny tick. And they look out, they can't see anybody out there. You see, what the hell is this going on out there? And just keep that up, especially at 3 in the morning. It's extremely effective. This is WOR New York. And uh, let's lay another goodie on him, if you will, please, Bill. My name is Frank Wojtyki, and I'm running for Congress in the 14th District in Brooklyn, better known as the Rooney Lowenstein District. I'm the Republican candidate. I favor a constitutional amendment allowing full government support of private and parochial schools under a voucher system. As a parochial school principal and former public high school teacher, 
I know that the parochial schools are providing better education at a lower cost. Failure of the government to support these schools will lead to their shutting down, causing a higher tax burden for everyone. I also support the ecology movement and the ecology bond issue. I believe that some of this money should be used to replace our city's air-polluting buses with electric buses and also for the development of a usable electric automobile as exhaust pollution is a major health hazard in our city. Give yourself a voice in Congress. Vote Frank Wojtyki on Election Day. Okay, the following is presented, it was presented, excuse me, friends. It's a paid political announcement uh, by the WOR Public Affairs Department. That's what it says here. It's very official. Let's see, uh... <laughs> you know, these things are, are uh, I, I could, you know, I could get the, well, let's do the final one here. It's, uh, speaking of Halloween costumes, Gramercy Park Close of 64 West 23rd Street in New York says, we quote, Mr., do you really think that you can wear a suit for 10 years? You want one of those suits made out of black uh, sandpaper and then cut it down to fit your kid? Well, it isn't like that anymore. Gramercy Park can put you on a good set of threads and they're open to 7 p.m. and you can save money at it. Open to 7 p.m. Saturday to 4, Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Oh, they're open all, all the time. Just figure it out. Anywhere. Gramercy Park closed, 64 West 23rd Street, third floor. That's uh, Gramercy Park, as it's pronounced by the commercials. Gramercy Park. But, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I, I'm i sitting here, you know, I'm thinking this uh, Halloween, and uh, it's uh, kind, of a, you know, kind of a nothing night in New York. It's not winter. It's not anything yet, you know. And and I, I I you know the one city that really celebrates Halloween it, it, Halloween's nothing in most other cities you know they sell a few little candy corns they go around trick or treat but I'm talking about a city that really celebrates uh, Halloween it's a big deal is Cincinnati and they they gather by the thousands in in Fountain Square and I don't know why it's it's like uh, New Year's Eve or something and the uh, people cheer they run around they wear funny hats and you know stick each other with pins and yell and. And uh, you know, just uh, in general, whole scene. And uh, don't uh, don't ask me why it's Cincinnati, but they do <laughs> right now at this minute in Fountain Square in Cincinnati. There's a great milling throng of people yelling at each other. Of course, they're mad because the Reds lost the pennant. That's probably part of it. But uh, no, they didn't lose the pennant. They lost the series. It's very different. The Mets lost the pennant. Uh, the Reds didn't lose the pennant. No, no, <laughs> they didn't. They weren't even the race. That's uh, so you can't really lose something you're not running for, can you? No, that's true. I, I'm getting, you're getting into these theological splitting, these little tiny hairs that you split. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, speaking of Halloween, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm about to uh, do something here that I haven't done for some time. You know, speak, you know Halloween is a, is, a, is a curious time. It's a medieval, well, it goes beyond medieval. It, it goes much earlier than medieval. It's a celebration of the nether spirits. Hallowed Eve. Uh, you ever thought of what Halloween is about? Why we have such a thing? No, it's it's not. wasn't wasn't promoted by the uh, by the broom industry. I mean, it, it, uh, it was certainly not promoted by the by the by the paper cap industry or the candy corn business. <laughs> it's a curious holiday. It shows that underneath, underneath this uh, this bland exterior, yes, it's a. Wait a minute, you you got the Frankenstein. Now what does it say? I'm holding that up there. It says, uh, 
something street on. I don't know what the... Tie, because there's a lot of reflection on this light here. I can't read those uh, curious hieroglyphics that you were taught in Jersey to write. Oh, Brooklyn? Oh, that's even worse. You're only the third guy to come out of Brooklyn in the last ten years who could write anything. It's very good. That, that includes Breslin. All right, uh, keep keep going there. Now, what is it? Oh, it says... Uh, no, wait, now, superstition. Well, what is superstition? Well, that's not, that's not enough of an answer, Bill. Superstition. Superstition. I mean, uh, you know, uh, superstition is, is, uh, is, 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 is in, a, in a sense, a an appeal to the side of us that figures you never can tell. That underneath every, every dark bush, there could conceivably lurk an elf. <laughs> there could, uh, uh, there could, yeah, there really, you can't, you can't argue that fact, and it, it has persisted for for uh, as long as man has been around, you know, and uh, it, it, you just can't knock it down, and and uh, kids are, they're no different than anybody else, you know, they're part of the, they're part of the human race, uh, if you, you know, if you broaden the the, uh, the uh, definition of a human being, and uh, they, so they too, you see, react to it. And they go out. Uh, I, I, I've gone to... Uh, I, I was at a Halloween party one night in, uh, in Munich. Now, they're, they're, of course, this is, a, this is a, a country that has had a strong pagan influence for a long time. And it was in the top floor of a 10-story apartment house that had been bombed out. Listen to this, man that was in the top story of an apartment house that had been bombed out. And the only way you could get into the apartment was to go up a wooden scaffold up the side of a ten-story building to get to this apartment, which was bombed out. Well, now, uh, yes, it was quite exciting. And uh, I was clinging to the ladder, climbing up the side of this, this uh, wooden scaffold. It was just like a wooden ladder going up the side of a building is what it really was, ten stories. Can you imagine nine stories up, hanging on a wooden ladder, looking out around the city, you know. And uh, I'm climbing up there, and uh, we got, I didn't know what to expect. See, it was Halloween night, and we got up to the top of this ladder, and it was a platform, a wooden platform up there. It was absolutely, totally dark, and the wind is blowing. It's colder than uh, a well digger's, uh, oh... What is it that uh, gets cold on a well digger? Uh, I forget. It's right on the tip of my tongue. But it was really cold up there, and the wind was blowing. And, uh, and I climb up to the top of this wooden platform, which was about the size of your average uh, card table. Just a wooden platform up there with a door into the side of this building. That's all that was left. And the whole side of the building, on the other side, you could see it from, from where we were standing uh, in the darkness. It was just sort of outlined against the black sky, and it was just slashed away just but completely it was as if a bomb had landed apparently it did just landed right smack on the top of this building and just sliced it in half like a cake one half was gone the other half was still teetering and uh, that was the half we were in and so <laughs> I get up on this platform and the wind is howling and I'm with this guy a mysterious character incidentally who claimed that he was American who resided in Stockholm he drove a very elegant Porsche uh, automobile, which was not a cheapy car in any way, shape, or form, and seemed to have money to burn, in spite of the fact he told me he did not have a regular job. So uh, God knows what the, what the sneaky things he was up to. He was very close-mouthed about it, but he said, you want to go to a Halloween party? I said, yeah. 
And so here we are. Well, we opened this door, and it was totally dark in this place. The entire apartment was dark. And were, everybody, of course, as you can see, is celebrating Halloween. And I step in, and my eyes are, are beginning to get accustomed to the darkness. And I see there are two very faint, almost imperceptible, very faint blue lights just, just lit somewhere. This is a Halloween party. And I stepped inside the door, and there was a dark figure standing beside the door, and says, uh, uh, Ein Mark, bitte. Which, roughly translated, means uh, fork over. It means I uh, crossed that palm with silver, friend. If you're going to attend this party, you pay. Ein Mark, bitte. And I says, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Ein Mark, and he says, yeah, Ein Mark, bitte. And so I whipped out a mark and laid it on him and stepped into the room. Well, you've been to many parties, I'm sure, friends. I have, too, been to many parties. But uh, I don't quite know how to say this, except to say that there are parties, and then there are parties. This was a party. In fact, the entire apartment, which was completely black, no lights, just a very faint blue glow, was carpeted with writhing bodies. I mean, writhing bodies. It's like a scene right out of a painting by Hieronymus Bosch, who also had his touch of the Germanic. He saw a little of it, too. And in the distance somewhere, I could hear faint rock playing. The bodies writhed. And I stepped discreetly over several banks of them. And the, I could hear the cries of ecstasy and the goatish shouts of a primitive primal passion I stepped over the, the uh, massive of, uh, tangled uh, sensuous humanity and somebody appears out of the darkness and said in German what would you have what is your pleasure well there I was ten stories above Munich the wind blowing the Halloween night and being a true American, my mind instantly went blank when faced with a really basic choice. The only thing I could think of is, I said, you got any Cokes? <laughs> yeah, 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 Coke, yeah. It was a note of surprise in the voice. And from my mark, I got a Coke. Lukewarm. It was uh, actually a half a Coke. I don't know what the hell happened to the other half. Or what evil creature, what fiendish being from the netherworld that siphoned off the top. I don't know. What they did with it, I don't know. But I pretended I was breaking my coke, and I turned to my friend Sven, and I said, it's a very interesting party. Yeah, he said, it's a party, yes. And uh, we stood around for a while amid the writhing bodies and the blue darkness of the Munich gloom of Hallow's Eve, got our marks worth, and finally climbed down the ladder on our way out leaving behind this pocket of human passion and depravity. Did you ever see uh, Cabaret? Did you see them? You didn't. You should. And you'll realize that the, the evil that lurks in the Kiwanis Club is really kid stuff. If you think you've been to anything, you haven't even scratched the surface of what is available. <laughs> Coming to my lair, I'd just like to talk to you a bit. We'll 
We'll bob for apples, shall we? I'll heat a little cider. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Just keep that right there. Don't leave that go. Just keep it right where it is. Yes, who raps at my window? Who in a white sheet runs across the midnight lawn without the sound of feet? What moon grows in the east so huge and dusky red? Who howls from the chill within the hill where the farmer's hound lies dead? The dry leaves twist and rattle, alive in an evil spell. Down by the pond, the man who drowned tolls a wavering bell. The wind is hardly wakened, yet flapping through the air fly shapes with wings and bony things and forms with jagged hair. Who blows at my candle? Whose fiery grin and eyes behind me pass in the looking glass and make my goose flesh rise. Who moved in that shadow? Who rustles past unseen? With the dark so deep, I dare not sleep all night on Halloween. A sulky witch and a surly cat and a scowly owl and a skeleton sat with a grouchy ghost and a waspish bat and angrily snarled and chewed the fat. It seems they were all upset and riled that they couldn't frighten the modern child who was much too knowing and much too wild and considered Halloween spooks too mild. Said the witch, they call this the human race. Yet the kitties inhabit outer space. They bob for comets and eat ice cream from flying saucers to get up steam. I'm a shade of my former self, said the skeleton. I shiver and shake like so much gelatin. Indeed, I'm a pitiful sight to see. I'm scareder of kids than they are of me. There's not one of us, not one single one of us, who is not secretly, in one way or another, vaguely afraid of the dark. Now, this is a... This is actually not a racial memory, nor even a uh, racial instinct. It goes much deeper than that. It is an instinct of the species. All of man is afraid of the dark. Just like cockroaches are afraid of the light. Every cockroach in the world flips when you turn on the light. That's right. He can't control himself. It's an instinct. It cuts through cockroach colors and cockroach nations. Cuts through even cockroaches with different accents. A French cockroach flips just as much as a cockroach from Indonesia. Once you flip that light out. And so it is.
but us, only in the reverse. The light goes out, and there is a curious feeling. You walk past dark alleys, you walk down between dark buildings, and you feel it. You do, you feel it, no matter who you are. Do you agree with that? It's instinct. It is an instinct that goes back even beyond our cave days. And there are scientists who say it is because man was not a nocturnal hunter. In his very earliest days, when he crawled out of the ancient antediluvian seas, quite the contrary, he was a nocturnal hunted. We were the ones that were hunted in the dark. Because most of the big cats are nocturnal feeders. Most of the larger carnivores move freely at night in search of food. And our only defense was to skulk in the dark blackness of a cave hope they didn't smell us or see us or sense we were there. And so with the fall of night, age time immemorial, with the fall of night came the scream of the beast. Way off beyond the furthest most hills, the scream of the hunting beast could be heard. are weak compared to the leopard. We are slow moving compared to the cheetah. Our strength is as nothing compared to the tiger. And like the cockroach hiding under the sink, all we could do was huddle and wait for the sun to come up. the same creature. We seek the sun. This is one of the great fears people all have about winter. The sun literally disappears. And so hour after hour on television, ads appear showing you the sun of Jamaica, the sun of Miami, Nassau. You've rarely seen a commercial that says, come and visit. Come and visit Labrador, where the sun does not shine for eight months. 
Come in the middle of winter, enjoy 24 hours of night. Now that would appeal to a cockroach. But man, he seeks the sun. As the sun is safety. Yes. Safety. And before long, the lights will be out in your house. Vague feelings of unrest. You attempt to maintain order by winding your clock. By uh, making sure that the windows are closed. But you see, there's nothing you can do to shut out the dark. It comes in in spite of closed windows. And even if you turn the lights on at night, you sense the dark. There's no way to get rid of it. So you sit with a yellow light bulb over your head, pretending it's the sun. All around you, that great Stygian blanket of velvety black descends like an enormous curtain. And of course, there are those who will tell you, other scientists, and we believe in scientists completely, don't we, friends? that one of our great fears of the black is that it's somehow related in our minds and this is also related to safety in a negative way. We relate blackness to death. It's often referred to as the eternal night, the eternal black, the darkness of eternal time. Which is a contradiction, since there is no time in eternity. Just blackness. The blackness of space. And so the fears are well grounded. It is not mere superstition. All out in the darkness, many things creep. They come out and begin to hunt. The further out from the cities, the more you understand it. In fact, even in the cities, this is the night of hunting. It may be human creature hunting fellow human. But nevertheless, it is the predator stalking the victim. And darkness is when it happens. And so Halloween, since age immemorial, since time beyond time has been the one day when civilized man concedes that there's something out there. Or he may not admit it. He probably thinks Halloween is the time that you send candy corn to people or collect nickels for UNICEF. <laughs> Once more, an attempt to ward off the evil blackness. It is there. And underneath all of our sophisticated layers and levers of buttons and flashing lights, whirling machines, there lies that ancient inchoate soul of the hunted in a howling world of predators. 
And as we defeat the animal kingdom, the predators become more subtle. The most evil and all-pervasive predator of all is time. Time. Which slowly chips away at a man. Slowly grinds down the walls of his kingdom. And slowly erodes the sharp points of his pyramids till even the great statues sink below the mud of the ancient Nile, lost and gone. Time swallows it all. Like some unimaginable grinding millstone, creaking and grinding, but never stopping. And it seems to grind even more in the dark than in the sun. It grinds and grinds. It grinds exceedingly well. And all about the popcorn popped in the night. TV guides read under the lamps of night. No amount of Lucy reruns will ward off the eternal truth. We are alone, each one of us, crouching at the rear of a cave with the howling darkness. Strange unearthly sounds. Giant clangorous machines. Creaks of foundations of lost and gone civilizations rocking under our feet. The lumberless, lumberless miles of soil that stretches to the very bowels of the earth. Alien. chills of victory and defeat. The world of sports has been brought to you tonight by your local specter. <laughs> Playing an ancient ghostly game of hockey upon the ice of the frozen bones of past generations. 
Sometimes singing helps. The tuneless home of a terrified man in an elevator, going nowhere. Just keep your knees loose. Be ready to jump at any time. Make a low, tight silhouette. Keep your you-know-what down, down. This is WOR New York. Now you stay tuned for Lester Smith with the news, you hear? The news in detail on the hour from the WOR newsroom. The demand by an estimated 100 persons tonight outside Gracie Mansion was for the return of community control of schools in the Brooklyn district involved in the enrollment dispute over black students from outside that district. The white parents from the Canarsie section shouted, We want the mayor. We want John. Dominic Andriassi, the president of the North Canarsie Civic Association, the spokesman for the group said, It's certain that the boycott of junior high school 211 will continue until Community Board 18's power is restored in this matter. The local board's objection to the 31 black and Puerto Rican students have been overruled by the Central Board of Education. Parents of the local white students backing the boycott insist that their protest is not racial, but simply because junior high school 211 is at student capacity now, and they don't like the Central Board taking power from the local board. The peaceful demonstration ended about half an hour ago. One threatened strike in the metropolitan area can be scratched, but two others are still running tonight. A union representing 450 drivers and maintenance workers reached a new contract agreement with three Westchester County bus lines, but two truck driver locals are still threatening midnight walkouts against eight major New York City bakeries and the Wholesale Liquor Dealers Association. To reach a peace agreement, said South Vietnam's President Chu today, I am ready to meet anywhere with the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong. But you outlined his conditions for peace. Honor the 1954 Geneva Accord ban on infiltration and aggression. Drop the demand for what you called a disguised coalition government for South Vietnam. And they then called for serious talks with the Viet Cong to reach a political settlement. Meanwhile, American bombers hit the lower part of North Vietnam with their heaviest raids in the past three months. The reason for the attack... Allied Field reports that a pre-ceasefire military supply buildup by the North Vietnamese must be stopped. An estimated 2,000 tons of bombs were dropped on North Vietnamese coastal supply routes in the overnight raids. Outside Saigon, a munitions area explosion has killed three Vietnamese at a government infantry training center. Initial reports said that a rocket or a mortar shell set off the blast. In Paris, sources close to the United States peace negotiators said that North Vietnam still has not set a date for the new talks with Dr. Henry Kissinger. But the unidentified sources said a lot of activity is going on in private. With Kissinger's peace is at hand statement of last week, still a valid assessment of what is in progress. More news in a moment.
Gramercy Park Clothes of 64 West 23rd Street in New York says, Mister, if the new styles of men's clothing turn you on, but the high prices turn you off, you are a candidate for a Gramercy Park suit. Inflation or no inflation, part of being who you are is dressing for today's world. That's why so many men get new clothes at Gramercy Park. After 78 years of manufacturing suits, sports coats, slats, top coats, and overcoats for the finest men's stores and doing it strictly wholesale,